This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with our Chief Talent Officer, Jolene Fleck. Hi. Yay! And Nathan Williams, who handles organizational development for Gilbert. Hello there. Welcome. And Derek Konofowski, my digital guru, as I like to call him, data and technology analyst. And we're really excited to have this group. Um, Derek suggested doing a podcast about this after a recent um, employee onboarding, new employee orientation. So wanted to get together and talk a little bit about culture. I know it's such a hot topic everywhere we go where you hear about organizational culture and obviously creating a workplace that wants to attract people to come to it and then keep the people and and grow our future leaders. So really excited to have you guys here. Um, Both of you have been here for a little over a year now. You just hit your year mark, right? Just past a year for me. Okay. And Jolene, you're a year and a half. Time flies when you're mm-hmm. having fun. Yep. So this is really cool. Again, not typical for government to be talking about culture in, in my world, but I think it's so important. So mm-hmm. let's talk yeah. a little bit about the work that you're d- doing. You've already made such an impact on this organization. I see it everywhere I go, especially with new employees coming on. I think it's really awesome. So tell us about some of the things that you're doing. Well, uh, last time uh, I did a podcast, we talked about uh, power distance and how it was important to keep that small, keep that distance low for us so that employees felt comfortable um, engaging their leaders and bringing up ideas. And so the the other piece of that that we wanted to attack was uncertainty avoidance. So if you are so uncertainty avoidant that you never change, you never um, ask questions, you just want to keep the status quo because that is safe, um, and your goal is just to stay safe, then you're not going to innovate, you're not going to move, you're not going to take anything into the future. And so um, our way of addressing that um, tendency was to create Edge Academy and to yes. tell employees, be live in the uncertainty, live in that great idea, experiment, fail fast, um, experiment again, um, try new things, think about your work differently. And so this was our, our way of attacking that piece of the culture. I love it. So Nathan, tell us about that. What does that look like, Edge Academy? I actually gave a plug to it on a previous podcast with the mayor and Patrick too, talking about, you know, why is this concept of innovation so difficult for government right. to embrace? This is right. your first government job too. Mm-hmm. And actually all of us, I think all four of us mm-hmm. are, are government newbies in Gilbert. And so, you know, why why is that such a difficult concept to tackle, especially to break down those government silos? Well, I guess first off, if, if all four of us are new to government, do we need an attorney in the room or somebody to ensure we're, we're talking Call the Chris. right way? Um, I, uh, I, well, I, I think it's really important. I, I won't say we're the only municipality or government organization that, that is aware of this. Um, I, I think we are joining a, a small minority of, of other organizations across the country that are, that are looking at opportunities mm-hmm. like this. But I think it's just breaking down kind of the stereotype, right? It's, it's getting away from that attitude of move slow, be bureaucratic. Head um, down middle of the pack. Yeah, form a committee. Um, we, we really <laughs> try a meeting. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're trying to move away from that. And I think, you know, the, the great thing about EDGE, I can be known to sort of badmouth the general framework of Lean Six Sigma, um, but it really comes from a Lean Six Sigma mindset, which is um, to, to be, you know, look at iterative approaches to improvement and, and driving change, 
trying things, recognizing that the majority of efforts to innovate will fail. Um, but it's important that what we want, really wanted to do with Edge Academy was empower our employees and not let it be this complex, hard to comprehend, hard to digest approach that I think Lean Six Sigma sort of historically has to it. Um, ours is a lot more organic. It's, it's putting the tools in the hands of our frontline employees and leaders throughout the organization to drive change in those areas that they control. Um, and, 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 and like Jolene said, I think that's a big piece of our culture beyond Edge. Edge is a tool in the tool belt of our efforts to really drive a culture of innovation, a culture of, um, you know, courage and progress um, and, and forward momentum. And so we, we look at ways to infuse that into the new employee orientation experience um, to introduce them right out of the gate to who we are culturally and then opportunities throughout that sort of employee life cycle that, or that career path with Gilbert to continue to teach and remind and, and encourage them to operate within that space. I think it challenges the idea of what innovation is, too, because innovation isn't just, well, I'm going to invent the iPhone, and it's life-changing. It can be very small. It can be mm -hmm. clean off your desk, organize your work, um, question why you do what you do, map it out, look at the waste, take it out. I mean, um, it can be very small, but it can have huge impacts, and it reinforces the idea that um, your job is to continually improve, mm -hmm. not just you know, have one amazing breakthrough every uh, decade or so. Yeah. That's exactly why I suggested this as like the topic for the podcast because, uh, you know, we do our new employee orientation presentation for our department and uh, there was a video that Nate, Nathan wanted to skip. Uh, it's the one with the, the store, the manager or whatever, you know, was oh, micromanaging yeah. or whatever, and they had the meeting, and he asked them a question. And I, I like the question so much because it speaks mm -hmm. exactly to that, but it's like the what is the one thing you can do? It doesn't matter how big or how small, but just, just pick one thing that you can do this week to, like, need, move the needle forward or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this idea for this podcast or this conversation came because uh, I was talking with a, a reporter. They were doing an article or whatever about, our engagement programs and they were like you know the thing that we hear all the time about things like open data and citizen engagement is that there's always this cultural like pushback about this stuff especially in government you know that mm -hmm. that everybody's so overworked they don't have the time to this stuff and I was like well it really comes down to like what's what's one thing you can do to move the needle forward right. because eventually all those little you know if you if you look back over the course of however long like all those little steps add yes. up to great distances yes and that you know it was kind of that that employee orientation thing and and that's where I focused on. I was like, you know, when, when we, when I do the new employee orientation, I put a lot of effort to talk about both like our social media presence to, to tell employees it's okay for you to be on social media. Mm -hmm. I talk about the open data stuff because I'm like, if you, you have people who work in government for a really long time and there's just kind of this culture that they're used mm -hmm. to. So they assume when they come into a new government job that that culture is going to persist, that there's certain things that they can't do or they're not allowed to sure. do or that they have to work this certain way. And when you, when you change that right from the beginning, it's their mm -hmm. first week or first day on the job and you're already putting in hints that like, eh, it's, it's not the same. That's not how it is. Like it's okay for you to fail. And what you said, Jolene, it's, it's fail fast. You know, like you, you, you can't be afraid to do something wrong or to not do something right. 
um, because then you're in this perpetual state where you're just uncomfortable doing anything because you're worried about the uncertainty of it. And I think that that's the perfect place to start changing culture because now you have all these new people coming in and all they're doing is spreading that idea. They're spreading that idea amongst each other. And then, yeah, maybe it won't hit all your people that have been here for 25 years. They're just too stuck in their ways or whatever. But ultimately, everybody that comes in after them is just going to keep building that up and building that up. And eventually, you'll get to the point where there's not that uncertainty. People are just making little steps at a time to reach this overall goal. Well, and to be clear, I didn't want to skip the video because I didn't think the video was important. <laughs> I was trying to give you your full half hour. <laughs> uh, but Derek was awesome and was like, no, I'll give up some of my time because I think that video really has value. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. And, and that's a great point. We... Again, when, when we look at the, the employee orientation experience and we look at Educatum and we look at all these things, what we're really trying to do is we're trying to drive home the value of, like Jolene said, it's not the next innovative idea within the town of Gilbert is probably not the iPhone. It is small steps. It is small improvements. Um, and, and one thing I'll say, um, Derek, you made a great point that I think sometimes tenure, right, the, more, the longer you've been with a place, there's kind of this stereotype on people that the, the less likely you are to, to want to innovate. Um, the great thing we've seen through the Edge Academy is we have people, you know, I, I had an Edge Academy two weeks ago with the average tenure in the room was 17 years with the town of Gilbert. Really? Um, and, and these are people who have, have asked to come. We don't require anybody to go to Edge Academy. We don't say this is a mandatory training. Um, we ask for people to, to self-nominate. And, and so you've got people with a lot of tenure in the room. I think the, the highest or the longest time in the room was 33 years with the town of Gilbert. And these are people who are saying, hey, I've been around a long time, but I still recognize the importance of change and continuing to get better um, and, and do what we do better. And one thing, we, we try to drive the message home that even if we are great today, right, even if, whether it be government or whether it be organizationally, um, that's, that does not equate to great tomorrow. Uh, we have to be looking at ways to constantly get better, constantly improve, uh, that that's who we are. That's our culture. Our culture is we don't settle. We're not going to kick our feet up and, and, or keep our heads down and, you know, wait till the retirement day comes or wait till whatever the next election, we're going to make change. Now we're going to look at ways to continue to do what we do every day better. Well, it's like you said too, about empowering people, because there's nothing more depressing to me talking with somebody that's worked in a municipality for 35 years or whatever. And they've basically just been corralled into this little spot where They've worked here for 30-some years. How much experience, how much knowledge, how much yeah. just, just just raw information do they have about the job they're doing? But they've been told so many times to just, like, stay in your lane. Yep. Don't do anything crazy. Like, don't don't fail. We don't have the wiggle room or whatever to do that. And it's like you're basically just letting that all that experience, all that effort, all that knowledge just die. Yeah, it's wasted. The right there. It just right. goes away. And all it takes is those small, you know, you, again, you don't have, it doesn't have to be crazy big. You just have to let somebody do something that makes their life better or that makes them feel like they made a difference, no matter how big. It just has mm-hmm. to be a difference. Right. And sometimes it isn't even that um, explicit. People don't always say, hey, don't do that, don't innovate. They just say, oh, whoa, be careful. What are you doing there? Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, everything you do can be, uh, you know, public record requested. Be very careful. We're up on a high wire and live without Fear. a net every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And so there's just these, you know, not so subtle reminders like, be careful, don't mess up, don't mess up. It's very visible. Um, but I don't even consider a failed experiment a failure. It's you're learning from it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There, yeah. There's no way. And and I I think like to that same point, 
it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be like an explicit don't do that or whatever, but even, even just having somebody listen to an idea that you have and just discounting it, you know, yeah. or, or we've or tried just, that before. Yeah, that yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. We did that before. Or, well, that's not really how we do things or, we, or, or the opposite. We've always done it this way. So that's the way we're going to continue doing it. Like that to me is the worst because you're basically just almost admitting and there, there's no way we can make this process any better, which is, right. I've never seen a situation where that's been correct. Right where you, you can't improve some kind of process somehow. You know, there's, we've talked about it on the podcast a lot. Just change is the one thing that's constant, especially in government because of technology now. There's, there's so many things that are changing so quickly that you have to be able to adapt to that stuff. And you're not going to be able to adapt to it by waiting for all these changes to add up and being like, okay, now is our turn. It's that course correction of the ship. You have to do the little turns yep. in order to get the big turn. Don't wait till it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. get out there. So we're talking about setting, you know, we're in this process of planning and setting a moonshot goal for the organization. One of the things that um, we're seeing in some of the feedback, we did a survey for employees and, and there's, there's definitely a sense of people that are excited. And then there's another side that it's another thing I'm going to have to do on top of everything I'm already doing in this whole pile on mentality, which we've talked about in previous episodes of the podcast as well. But, you know, obviously to be able to make room to do something like innovate or, achieve this moonshot goal, we have to stop doing some of the things that we're, we've always done. And I think that's just such a difficult concept for people that have either been doing a particular job for a very long time or from, you know, previous culture or they're lost in their silo. They don't understand that bigger picture. You know, what are we doing together? Where are we going? You know, where are we headed? And I find that just so fascinating. I think especially in our public safety um, and public works departments in particular, where those jobs are jobs they can do in any city. You know, why Gilbert? Why are you here in this particular community? Maybe you could make more and do less in another community, but that's not the type of culture that we're looking to build the type of people we're trying to attract. So do you run into that? Are you finding that people are, um, when you're doing these trainings and not just with new employees, but employees who've been here for a long time, are they getting excited about what the future holds? Because I, one of the things that's been shocking to me coming to government was that, you know, I, that's the way I always have approached my work, you know, figuring out, how to do more with less um, in this concept. But for a lot of people, it's very difficult when they're only, you know, used to staying in their lane, their swim lane to do that particular job they thought they were hired to do, but then you're asking them to do something outside. Well, and that's not what the the proposition is from Edge. It's not, um, can you do more with less? It's, can you do less better? Absolutely. And that's a whole different mindset. And then when you do, we do things like an organizational goal, because I'd love to talk about that, because that's something that we've never, um, we've never been able to undertake in the past. We've had department goals, um, again, kind of lending themselves to those silos. And I think finally being able organizationally and even community-wide to get behind this idea of a moonshot is really cool. Um, and I think people, there's, you've got, again, the two kind of facets of the organization, people that are really excited about what this possibility is, and then other people that are how could I have the same goal as someone in, you know, the environmental services department? You know, again, back to that idea of this bigger picture. And so how do you constantly drive everyone towards this large goal or vision that I believe the mayor and our city manager have set out for all of us? I I think we, I think we work hard to, and this is, this is again, edge is, as edge is a component of this, but this happens across Mm -hmm. a variety of, Kind of mechanisms and 
approaches we take, we try to drive home the message that we're all here for the same reason at the end of the day, right? We're all here to make Gilbert a better community, um, a place where people feel safe, where they want to live, um, where they want to raise families, and, and they want their kids to go off and explore the world but then come back, right? Um, and so that, that, to me, gives that alignment of sort of vision, right? You've got, we've got great examples of that when, when we look at some of our, our, our larger goals for the organization um, where we've got departments that are focused on, you know, creating an environment of safety and well-being for the community that, that is not a public um, safety department, right? It's a department that just says, we know that every day we influence the, the safety and the well-being and the, and the lives in general of our citizens, and so let's find a way to, to focus our energy there. So I, I think that you're right. That, that is, I think, one of the biggest wrongs that can be committed in government is this attitude that we're all silos, we're all operating on separate islands, and we're all doing very different things. Um, sure, we're all doing very different things, and we have a lot of differing skill sets and, and, and jobs at the end of the day. But we're all ultimately trying to do the same thing, which is take care of this community and make it the best community it can be. So again, when you look at that level, when you're willing to kind of raise your sights above, you know, I keep the water clean or I, you know, prevent crime or I repair the roads. If, if you go higher and you look at really what is all that for, it's for improving, enhancing the lives of these who live, work, and play in Gilbert, right? So again, when we go up to that level, we can connect people to, to that vision, and people can start to see how they all play a part in very similar goals. Um, the other thing you brought up, I, yes, I, to answer your, your question from earlier, certainly we have people that, that whether it be in orientation, whether it be um, in edge or other training classes or, or whatever it may be, we have people that come into the room and say, you know, I've been here a long time and we've thrown out these great ideas and these grandiose visions and we've talked about long-term goals and we've talked about strategy and for whatever reason it didn't pan out or, you know, the winds of change come along and I'm not really sure if this is going to stick. Um, I think what, we, what we're trying to really drive home again that, that aligns with who we are culturally is your, your vision, where you're trying to go, shouldn't change because of politics. It shouldn't change because of who the town manager is. It, you know, it, it, organizations change within themselves, uh, but who we're trying to be over the long haul, that shouldn't change. We're, we're trying to be a, a community that people seek out. We want to be a community. I, I talked to a, a retired police officer from California that said he started talking to family who lived in the valley here and said, I want to live in the, the cleanest, most enjoyable, most inviting, most friendly community. And these were friends that, and family that didn't live in Gilbert that said, go to Gilbert. That's the place where you want to be because that's the kind of place where you want to retire. That's the kind of place where you want to live. Um, and that's what we're trying to achieve every day. So I, I think that, again, we try to drive home that message. And that hopefully aligns people to how we get there. The goals we put in place, the, the effort we make every day. Um, Sometimes those steps can change, but the, the vision, the North Star, doesn't change. Yeah, I think a lot about, we always like to talk about the, rest, the way the rest of the world is working, right? Why does government have to be an exception to this? Mm -hmm. You guys have worked for some big companies. Derek, you worked for Apple. You worked with Marriott, Nathan. So we know coming from other places in our previous lives, pre, you know, pre-government that, well, this is the way the rest, you know, organizations are run. This is how you do business. You know, I always talk about like 
you know, the Mac, the computers, like I don't want to edit on a PC. Like if I'm going to do video editing, it needs to be on an Apple. Like why don't we have an IT department that can service my Mac computer? You know, again, this is, these are the types of things that in the rest of the world, they're, you know, adapting to changing, growing with the times as technology is changing. And then it just seems you come to government. And this isn't just at the local level. We're talking state, federal level, you get all the way up. Everything's 20 years behind. And so what I think is really interesting and one of the reasons why we started the podcast and one of the themes that I've felt over time is kind of like meeting your residents where they are. Like if the rest of the world is paying their bills this way, why are we still creating systems like voting and DMV that are just so archaic and behind the times, right? So one of the things that I really love is to some here, these are like foreign concepts when you bring this up, you know? It's like, but guys... This is how the world is operating, right? But if you've never left the walls of whatever government and entity you work for or never had the opportunity, you might not have been given the chance to think differently, be innovative, mm -hmm. think outside the box, try something different, um, try to do you know, a different person's job. Like, I think that that is mind-blowing to me. I can't imagine working in a place that... Um, didn't have those opportunities. So I just love this and I want, you know, other government organizations to be listening because again, it doesn't have to be just people that, you know, came from outside government, but people that are, like you said, other cities are doing this too, thinking differently. And, you know, again, if we didn't get another dollar for the rest of the years here, but we had to continue to operate and provide service, like what would we do? How well, would we do it? And one, one thought to add to that, you're, you're absolutely right. That I think that's where people sometimes they, they don't think, a little broader, which is, I work in government. This isn't normal to government. Here's how we behave in government. And and what I try to express to people when we talk about being an innovative culture, when we talk about moving things forward, is don't think about just your work in government. Don't think about your work, your career independently. Think about the world in which you live, right? We all just because we live in government doesn't mean we're not Amazon Prime users. It doesn't mean we're not using social media. It doesn't mean we're not watching Netflix instead of old school TV. So you've seen innovation at work and you now expect it. You, you live a life on demand. Mm -hmm. Why can't we move in that direction in government? Amen. And, yeah, so, and I think you brought up a good, really good point earlier that kind of fed into what Dana was saying too, is we, we hear this concept all the time in government of, of the silos, the government silos, everybody's, you know, splitting up because when, when it comes down to, you know, especially governments when they're lean, you, you kind of like hold yourself up into this, this little, you know, no, nobody else knows what I'm going through. Right. My department is the most unique department. We're all in the Picasso. World. Yeah. 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 I'm the only one that knows, you know, what, what there is to know about the stuff. And, and I liked your point about the, the one thing that or the big thing that that's being done is the finding common ground. Like instead of everything, there's a lot of things right now that are separating people all over both the country, but government has, has done this almost to, to the point of being like an expert at siloing people and separating them. When in reality, what we should be doing is trying to communicate more and, and spread that stuff. That's really how that innovation fosters is when, Somebody can say, I have this problem, and it's heard by more people than just the people that are directly around them or directly in their department. Because, hey, 
maybe we all have this problem. You know, the, the Dana's point about like the, the payment method, like you got Apple pay, you got Venmo, you got PayPal, you got all these different things that people use all the time, but we don't use it in government. And then when it finally comes down to it, it's like, well, why not? Why didn't that happen? And it's because, oh, well, it turns out that conversation happened, you know, within one department. They're like, yeah, we need a way for people to pay something. Okay, let's figure that out. Nobody ever thought to think, did oh. somebody else maybe figure that out before us? Did, did, has anybody had this conversation already? Right. The last government pay system that was implemented here, I was told, I said, why did you choose that platform or that vendor? Because they're the best government pay system right. provider and I'm like caveat well, what about the other what about the non-government options and what does that mean what does the government I don't, pay system and I, mean yeah they, they like they own the market in government utility mean? bill payment systems and I'm like what about the non-government options those weren't even explored because they we're, weren't even looked at because we are risk averse and yeah, we said what's fear, everybody else fear. doing right how can we be just like everybody else mm-hmm. so that we have the illusion of safety somebody's proven it it's a proven process right. within our our sphere and what if i'm the only one and then i look silly yep well and you know what's amazing you want to you want to get you want to get amazing innovative ideas in a team you know we talk about this in the edge academy an accounts payable department that says we want to be innovative, bring people that aren't in accounts payable into yes. your area yeah. and Amen. let them let them brainstorm yes. and let them offer ideas. And that's breaking those silos down to bring people together and say, I don't know a darn thing about what you guys do, but I can sit back and observe and I can tell you like, Why that seems weird. That, that seems way. weird that that form goes through four approvals and takes a week to get approved. Yeah. What if we didn't have to have all so those people true. approve it? Yeah. You know? So true. So I have... I have to mention this. I just came back from the box uh, conference in San Francisco, and Steve Kerr gave the keynote. He's the coach of the Golden State Warriors. He came up under Phil Jackson. Obviously, he played for U of A, the Suns, um, the Bulls for many years, and I just love him. He's got an amazing team, um, know a lot about him, and follow him in a big fan. But three things that he said that were really amazing that I'm totally bringing back to me. One, he doesn't have meetings if you have to have a meeting, there's a problem. He's like, I'm communicating with my staff every day. We're talking every day. If I have an issue, I over-communicate it. If I see something wrong, I go and I fix it. If I'm not going to play a player, I'm going to go and tell them, hey, you're not going to play tonight. Here's why. But be ready to go in tomorrow. And he said, I never have to call meetings unless something has gone terribly wrong because I'm talking to my players every day. The other thing he talked about was um, in this last season, he the coaches stepped back and let the players coach themselves in a game, and they got just taken over the coals in the media but he because you know they look like it it appeared as we don't we give up like you guys do it but what he was really trying to do was to let them think of different ways so what they did is they each drew up a play they took turns um, in the huddle and for example Steph Curry normally the point guard he made himself the small forward they thought of things that he said I couldn't have drawn up the play and they won the game by 43 points And he's like, I let them coach themselves. And then the other thing was he said, let people switch roles. Let them do other people's jobs, even if it's just for a day. You're in, you're in there, Derek. It's mm-hmm. coming for you. <laughs> because you'll start to learn and appreciate. You'll see things differently. You might really appreciate what someone else brings to the table that you've never thought of before or understand. But then it also challenges you. If you're in a rut every day doing the same job and you never get to step outside to try something different. That's that's why I love this whole concept of everyone says, oh, this is such a lean organization. Great, you get to do more, right? Yeah. I get the opportunity to work with our assistant fire chief. This morning, the assistant fire chief was in the room next door with Derek 
talking to him about something, I don't even know what, maybe to do with the open data portal, I'm mm -hmm. assuming. Where does that happen? Does, mm -hmm. does, does the fire, does assistant fire chief come to the communications or marketing department to talk to someone about like a project on a regular basis? It doesn't happen in government often. I hear from so many other cities, they such a disconnect. Or oh, our police um, department lives on an island across the street. They have their own IT department. We don't even see them. That is destructive to our future success and innovation. We have to work together as a team collaboratively. And I think that is something that this organization has that not many other government organizations especially does. Mm -hmm. Well, this was fun. I feel like we could have gone on forever with yeah. this yeah. one. It reminds like, me of a quote I used to work at. T-Mobile used to have a quote when I worked there that was team together, team apart. And it was basically like when we're at work, we're a team. But even when you're not working on stuff, like everybody's got everybody's back. And that's what that that's what it feels like. I love it. I love it. It's the way it should be, you know? Yeah. So awesome. Well, Nathan, Jolene, we're having you back. This is part awesome. one. We're going to awesome. have part two. Yay. Yes. Thank you for joining us and Derek, Anytime. as always. And thank you to our listeners. Don't forget you can us. follow us on Twitter at GovGoneDigital. And we'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. Gone Digital.